guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I'd like to thank my sponsors, PML Construction, SRP Environmental, CCS Group, Make You Safe Wearable Technology, and the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group. Check out the episode notes and find their websites or contact information. Check them out and give them a call if they can help you out. Thank you for your support, guys. I sincerely appreciate it. Now on with the episode. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. Good to see you. I'll make introductions in a moment. Um, I hope everyone had a good week. Uh, I know some of you didn't, and uh, unfortunately, um, that is often the case in our line of work. So hang in there. If there's anything that we can do for you, uh, let us know. Certainly reach out to a friend or colleague if you need some support. We are going to talk about opportunities for networking and support here in just a minute with Kelvin, but I know how difficult that can be. But hopefully you had a good week, enjoy the weekend, and come back recharged and get after it again next week. So um, I had a really good week, and I, I'd like to talk about that just briefly. This The program has never been about self-promotion. Um, frankly, I don't even know if I've ever mentioned my company name on this podcast, which is not important, but um, I I really enjoy promoting other resources and other companies and consultants even. And uh, I think that's worthwhile. But I started working with a mutual friend of ours a few months ago, maybe 18 months ago, Chris Bryant of Mm -hmm. Chris Bryant Safety. Everybody knows Chris Bryant if you do safety in this part of the country. And he and I came together uh, in a collaboration and we've been doing a lot of training together. Chris is an excellent trainer, as everyone knows. He's a really a unique trainer. And so we've been doing a lot of OSHA 10s and 30s, construction, general industry. You know, Chris is a Hazwopper guy, hazardous materials, confined space. And so we've been going around the country doing 30-hour training. And, you know, I've been through a lot of training. And most I, I, I can honestly say that I've never had an OSHA class that I didn't sleep in in the 40 <laughs> years that I've been doing OSHA stuff. But this is a really interesting collaboration. We are, Chris and I are very similar in some respects and really quite different in other respects. And that makes for a really nice training collaboration. And so um, I'm really pleased right now. And we are staying very active and busy training. Um, So uh, I guess, yeah, I, I just, you know, when you really hit on something that works well, it's very satisfying, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so enough of that. Um, my guest this morning, uh, for the fifth in a series of five, the Great Plains ASSP chapter has sponsored a number of these episodes and Kelvin Thurman is here. You are the king of ASSP or what is your title? Uh, president. 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 Is it, it's not a monarchy? No, not, no monarchy <laughs> here. But that level of authority, certainly. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Yep. Well, thank you for coming back. Yep. You're welcome. Andy, tell me your last name again. It's Wetchen. Wetchen. Yep. Okay. I'm looking at it's like Wetchen, it. but it's Wetchen. That's what I'm phonetically sure it's Wetchen. Okay. And it's funny because I've been, I ran into some people in Williamsburg, Iowa, same last name. Really? And they're like, oh, are you related to the so-and-so Weegens? I'm like, <laughs> what? Same spelling, so, different yeah. pronunciation. Not too many of us out there, but. Very cool. Yeah. And and you are with PIP? Correct. Protective Industrial Products. We all say PIP. PIP? Yeah, they've been around since, uh, I believe, early 70s. Okay. Should have brought my notes. No, no, no. That's okay. Man. But I've been with them for coming up on six years now. Nice. Yeah, Very I've been good. in the industrial safety game since 96. Okay. With, it's uh, a pretty good run. Mostly in sales with um, distribution and with 
manufacturers. Okay. So very good. Well, I would, re- I'm, I'm really interested in talking about some of the things that you do, some of the products that you rep or sure. sell. And, um, that's interesting to me, but I'm going to give it to Kelvin first and the ASSP just, you know, what's going on. What's going on? And, well, and, and talk about the ASSP a little bit. Why? Why? What? why yeah. Why you should join. Uh, we are, like you said, a networking organization trying to collaborate. Um, if you have a concern or a question, send it to our communications and he'll send it out to the whole team, the, the whole membership and say, hey, I have this issue. Can you lead me in the right direction? So we have that opportunity for all our members. Um, it's also an opportunity for uh, people to join the board. It's not a lot, a lot of hard work or anything, but um, to be able to continue the safety on for um, the members, but also uh, increase your skills and abilities. Right. To uh, lead to, an organization, actually. To, is, exactly. Uh, and yeah. uh, I started at the membership level here at the, the ASSP and did a few jobs. And uh, John mm-hmm. mentored me mm-hmm. over the last year and a half, and he did a really nice job. Mm-hmm. He, he knocked off a lot. Of, <laughs> <laughs> Good. And, uh, right. And, Got the diamond. Well, man, maybe not diamond yet, but I'm still cool, but he's still pressuring me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. of course. Nice, <laughs> but, man. So, we, yeah, we're uh, really the knowledge base of the organization is incredible. incredible. And, and the board is, um, I'm not doing this alone. All the board is helping mm-hmm. me. And so uh, some of the things that we have coming up, September, uh, we're going to take the month of August off from our meetings. September, we're going to meet down at the First National Bank building. And Matt, uh, the safety manager there, is going to talk about how to um, emergency evacuate the largest building in the Midwest. Oh, in the Midwest. And so oh my gosh. What, what are the planning stages? What are the – and so what can then our members will go and what can the, you glean from that to take back to your organization and, and put into practice? Wow. That, that, is, that really sounds like a fascinating subject to me, I think. Just the magnitude. So for those of you that aren't familiar, the uh, First National Tower in Omaha, Nebraska is 44 stories or something. I believe you're right. 45 stories, thousands of occupants. And the scale of that evacuation, we we talk about emergency action planning all the time with every organization. And where do you assemble and how do you do your head count and et cetera? Who has to check for, you know, the restrooms on the way out? Can you imagine doing that? 44 floors of essentially unrelated occupants. I mean, these are Hundreds various companies. companies yeah, exactly. Really. Oh my God. Where do you put them? You know, when they hit the street in downtown Omaha, where do you put them? Mm-hmm. I think it sounds fascinating to me. I'm really looking forward. How do you account for them? Exactly. How do you account? Mm-hmm. Oh my for them? gosh. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, September 21st, we're going to have our first golf outing. Uh, oh. Our mutual friend, Rob, Lucky. Wait, he what? Said, How come I didn't hear about this? <laughs> well, you're one of the first because nobody else. Oh, okay. right. Sign me you up. You can get into the initial force. Yeah. September 21st, uh, we're going to have a, uh, we're joining with the RIMS group. Um, I don't know what that stands for. Risk. Insurance yeah, they're insurance uh, people, right? Yep, that exactly. Right. So we're, yeah. uh, we're uh, collaborating with them and kind of globbing onto their uh, golf outing. Well, yes. insurance people have a lot of money, so <laughs> safety people have to glom onto the insurance guys <laughs> when it comes to golf and country club life. Exactly. So, so September 21st, we're going to have an outing with them. And nice. So, uh, Where's that? I believe we're going to be at the Knowles. 
that's where they always go. Nice, fun. And, and so, fun. and then Rob, if you're listening, yes, you are on the golf committee going forward. And, <laughs> right. You've so, just been appointed, Rob. Yes, yes. And so we're going to have that in September as well. October, we have uh, Toby Tortelli. He's going to talk about workers' compensation and how to oh, help lower your mod rate. And 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 then November, we're going to bring in Todd Longnecker from oh sure uh, from uh, Commonwealth Electric, and yeah. he's going to talk about NFP seventy E arc flap. Todd is really good. He's been on the program, and uh, he's a really knowledgeable guy. I enjoy him, and he's very articulate. That's an interesting subject. Yep, and I have him bringing him in for our fantastic service text to get that knowledge and PPE. Oh, you have him coming into MMC. I do. Oh, very good. And so this is a really interesting subject to me too, man, because every manufacturing facility that I go into is affected by 70E to some degree, mm-hmm. and they are all at various levels of competence. You know, it is yes. uh, a really big undertaking. It is, and and just the difficulty of manning up and then getting them the information and the PPE. The training and even just establishing, to me, I think one of the most challenging parts is if you've identified qualified persons, you have, if you have, quali- and you do, you have qualified persons. Not every facility does, certainly. Right. And then um, what, what do you allow them to do? I mean, being qualified isn't carte blanche to do whatever you want. Right. So then establishing those parameters and limits, I think it's really challenging. It is. And, and because we're a mechanical, we're not electrical, but we are right. impacted by the, the all the uh, time. Yeah. And so we need to know our boundaries. Really understand. It. Yeah. Oh, and, look at and, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> know our boundaries, please. Yeah, man. Uh, um, because uh, down in Kansas City, they've had deaths to, uh, for mechanical. <sighs> you're you're right in the. Yeah, you are right there in it. Yep. And, 220 and 440 or 480 yeah. pumps and, and fans. And so we're right there on that. Oh, very good. So Todd is going to come and do that the hour program then for the ASSP and then do another, then do a program specifically for MMC. Correct. Yes. Okay. And so can't wait for that. Well, that would be good for people just to send someone just to get a taste of what. And that's what I've asked him to do. Give us a 10,000 foot mm-hmm. level from all. What do we need to know so we can go implement it? Right. Not, and then not, if not we the, really need not, help, you can come in and actually give us the actual help. Exactly. Yeah. Terrific. So, uh, what about December? What do you guys do in December? Nothing in December. Just go to right? Doris's house and party or something? Probably. And probably get somebody's membership signed up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hey, man, you sign me up. I'll, I'll give you my visa number. Okay, I, I've tried to sign up about three times. and That's funny. The website rejects me. <laughs> I, I don't have any felonies on my record or anything, so I don't know what the problem is. That's but funny. Uh, but I have to still give you a hard time. Cause yes, because she said so. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not for lack of trying yep. or wanting. Yep. Uh, and then, so I think we're going to take December off just because everybody's busy. And then January, have a holiday party, nice. actually get together, yeah. a good networking. Yeah. It's a little bit slower. And, um, oh, the networking opportunity, in my opinion, certainly is just really fantastic. Uh, and the level of expertise shared among that group is really fantastic. Um, if you are new to safety, if you are feel a little bit isolated, maybe you don't have colleagues in your organization, something like ASSP would be ideal for anybody that needs to know some 
people with expertise, maybe some mentors, perhaps. Correct. It's, yes. a, it's a great opportunity. And then I'd like to extend the offer in 2024 for members and non-members uh, to join, to be speakers. So oh, nice. send a send a note to our uh, greatplains.aspsp.org. Uh, click myself or Samantha or communications, send an email saying, Hey, I'd like to cover my topic because mm -hmm. your topic is very important to probably 90% of our members. Oh, yeah. And we need to get that person's knowledge and skills and abilities out to everybody else. So Fantastic. there's a opportunity to, to share your information and knowledge. I love that. Fantastic. Thanks, Kelvin. All right, Andy, talk to me, man. How did you get into this? Is, was this been a life's dream, a calling, or nope. somehow I, a I punishment got of some sort? I sucked into the vortex. Did you? So like I, all of us, probably. Yeah, I went to UNO. Okay. You know, right here, University of. Nebraska, Were you a basketball Omaha. player? Or something? Golf is my thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I played ringer. They didn't have I'm a golf team. team at UNO, so we started a golf club and paid for it ourselves. And. I mean, Elmwood wouldn't even let us practice there for free. <laughs> Which runs we through campus. Yeah. For, yeah for. So anyway, we started our own golf club and competed with other colleges for a couple of years. And then we just kind of fizzled out. But I tried. No kidding. Good it, for was you. Fun. it was a lot of fun. So you must be an, actually a good golfer. And I mean, you don't have to. I mean, by my by standards, yourself, but, no. <laughs> well, but, but by your expectations. That's my passion. It's my love. Mm -hmm. It's my addiction. Good for you, man. Yeah, so. Very nice. Went to UNO and that was the the. When I was there, it was the very first time that they had started offering their environmental science degree. I thought, perfect, because mm -hmm. I love the outdoors. I love nature. I'm going to go get an environmental science degree. And one of our classes was Flora of the Great Plains. And I actually liked that class. Good for you. It sounds interesting. Yeah. So I wanted to do something with that. And then uh, graduated college and went to the Yellow Pages. We had Yellow Pages back then. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. And I applied to every company under the environmental section and throughout my resume to everybody. And I got a call back uh, from a company called Labatt Anderson and they were in Bellevue and they were a contractor with the air force and they went around the country doing cleanup related stuff with air force bases, you know, TCE leaks mm -hmm. into farmer Brown's groundwater and oh, the yeah. air force cleans it up. And then 20 years later, somebody has cancer, well, prove that you cleaned it up. Well, there's a document somewhere, usually mm -hmm. in an attic in a box with mm -hmm. pigeon poop all over the top mm -hmm. of it. No one knew where the stuff was. So we first started going in, pulling all these documents out and logging them in a database. That was the beginning of that job. That's my environmental science degree got me, right? Mm -hmm. But then it morphed into doing studies on, hey, we're, we're cleaning these airports plane parts with trichloroethylene and is there a safer chemical we could use to clean these and we did studies on that and then we got to do some uh, noise pattern flight studies you know and i'm traveling i'm you know single just got my own apartment i'm flying around the country to all the different air force bases this was awesome yeah that's you know? cool yeah we spent a couple weeks up in langley virginia at the headquarters and uh you know we're, we're i've never traveled before you know i'm 20 something years old and we're on the coast eating oysters on the half shell and steamed shrimp. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I so, loved it. Yeah. Anyway, um, that job ended partly because of a government shutdown back then, 
But then a buddy of mine started working right here in Omaha at the John Day Company, and he was selling MRO industrial stuff. And they were just thinking- What is that, MRO? uh, Maintenance, repair, operations. Okay. Just stuff for manufacturing. Tools, you know. um, Okay, yeah. Cutting tools and abrasives and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that manufacturing uses. But they were thinking about getting into safety because safety was, this was 96. Safety was starting to get more popular with the industrial sales world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And- Long story short, that's how I got into it. So I worked at John Day for several years, and then uh, I took another job at IBT, which is headquartered in Kansas City, and it's the same kind of thing. They had a safety division, got hired on there, worked there for a while, and then I found my gateway into the manufacturing world. Honeywell, or uh, yeah, Honeywell Safety Products was hiring people for the territory. And I went to work there for several years. And then PIP came calling and I jumped over here and I've been here for almost six. Mm. That's my, that's my travels. And you're the the regional sales manager. Correct. What do you, what territory you to cover? I've got Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, and Missouri. So region seven by OSHA's definition. Pretty much. Okay. And then we have rep agents who cover smaller sections of that territory. Okay. And they are the local feet on the street, joint call type guys, local support. Do they work for you or do you support them then with your expertise or how does that work? They work with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to do the direct to PIP type stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're they're more um, distributor and end user related. Okay. More touches on that. In that regard and whatnot. So I went onto your website uh, yesterday, last night, possibly, and you guys cover a, a lot of territory. You cover a lot under the products tab. There was mm-hmm. a do you are you responsible for all of those all things of it. or yep. wow, that's a broad brush. Yeah. When PIP first started, it was gloves only. Mm. And it has progressed into almost all product cat. Well, I can't say almost all. We don't do fall protection at all. We don't do gas detection at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's heavily related into PPE and we do get quite a bit into the arc flash and electrical stuff. Very good. Yeah. Interesting. So if you've heard of Novax mm-hmm. brand, uh, yeah. that's ours. Okay. So we've got the rubber insulating gloves, protectors, sleeves, blankets, and then we also have a lot of arc flash kits, coveralls, the gear, the, the FR wear, gear yeah. and the Face protection, yep. all of that stuff. Our shields and balaclava. Am I saying that? Yeah. Right? All of those mm-hmm. things. Yep. Fantastic, man. Yeah. So, so you have a favorite within that those specific categories or anything that you consider yourself to be a true expert in or all of those I'm, things? I'm de- uh, since I've sold safety for so long, I've sold everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, know it all pretty in, well. Yeah. Back in the day, I used to love to do gas detection. I enjoyed respiratory I liked fall protection a lot, and we don't do any of those now. <laughs> well, those are really so, unique and specific yeah. subcategories, man. Yeah. So it would be difficult to have expertise, true expertise yeah. in, in all in of those all, categories. Yeah, yeah it does. And I've always been not so much on, well, I can't say the the training side, but more the sales side. Mm-hmm. But I, we do do training okay. along with our products. Nice. Yeah. 
in time. It's been a few years since I've done the fall protection stuff, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't take you long to yeah, get back up no, to speed. Yeah, no, wouldn't. Man. Uh, yeah, I know the. Gist. There's that new ANSI coming out this month, I think August, right? There's a, on the on the SRLs. See, I'm not up new to categories, speed on that category anymore, one, also. two SRLs right. and stuff. August first, right? yeah. August first, so it's in in a, well, in effect. I mean, sure. I don't know if it'll be enforced anytime soon, sure. but it's certainly yeah. in effect. Okay. Well, so one thing with my clients specifically, but I think for everyone, the industry changes and evolves to accommodate need, obviously, as does any industry. Mm-hmm. But I think people, they will find something and they will settle on something. And I'm not sure they ever look to see if there are improvements, but this is happening constantly. Mm-hmm. Give us, like we were talking about helmets, hard hats and stuff earlier. Talk a little bit about that evolution, what the new products are like and why these new products are better and or any any subject matter for that. I think I'd be interested in knowing. I don't have the opportunity to see what's changing all the time either. It requires a lot of work. Yeah. And I got a close up view to that. And head protection is a perfect example because when I started working for PIP, we had JSP, which is our. Cadillac, top of the line, more features than most. Okay. Comfort, style, type of head protection. And then we also have the, I like to say, I don't know, economy, mm-hmm. compliance hey, versions. Yeah. yeah, they're compliant. You know, the but- hazards aren't that bad. And the company mandates you wear head protection. You're going to want a $10 hard hat, mm-hmm. you know? If you really, if it just doesn't matter. But for the people who are in the field, who need performance and comfort and wear it every day and their job is dangerous, they want the better stuff. And we have seen a migration of almost everybody wearing the economy stuff, don't like to wear it, pain in the butt, to now they're demanding retail type head protection that's upwards of you know $100 plus. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy the large companies out there who are saying, sign us up for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of injury injuries driven. I sure I'm sure it is partially, uh, but more performance too and comfort and um, perfect example of that is you know regionally here in the Midwest there's a lot of data centers going up. Oh yeah, and a lot of these data centers have mandated certain criteria to PPE, and safety helmets is one. Is that right? Yeah, we have seen companies start paying, you know. From the from the even the fifteen twenty dollar hard hat, all the way up to the seventy and one hundred fifty dollar safety helmet. The helmet, yeah. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, I think it's become more widely accepted that head protection does more for you than just protect something from dropping on the top of your head. Uh, two stories. One, uh, I've seen a video. I, was, I didn't experience this, but perfect example. Guy's climbing a ladder. He's halfway up the ladder or coming down the ladder or whatever, and he's carrying something like maybe he shouldn't be, three points of contact and all that. And he slips and loses his balance and falls backwards. He had a safety helmet on. So when he slipped and falls backwards, you know, what does your head do? It whips, you lose your balance, and it's a violent motion. Absolutely. A normal hard hat would just fly right off the top of your head, especially if you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. pin lock or ratchet mm-hmm. securely really fastened yeah. Yeah. which hurts yeah <laughs> it's not especially if you're wearing it for a long period yeah. of time but the safety helmets typically have are required to have chin straps to keep that helmet on your head mm-hmm. 
And so he fell backwards and the guy was actually wearing a backpack. So that cushioned his fall and the safety helmet protected his head and he got up and walked away. Wow. So that's a good story. So, yeah, so that is a great story. Describe the helmet to people who are unfamiliar with what, what, what we're talking about. I mean, it looks almost like a hockey helmet to some degree or yeah, they how, came, how would you describe them? They have a little bit more, not, well, they have padding on the back, mm -hmm. which is not present on a typical hard right. hat. Right. Your typical hard hat has a web suspension with tabs that keeps the plastic dome off of your head. Okay. It basically just provides a little bit of space for deflection and impact if an object hits it, but that's it. It's a plastic shell. If that plastic shell comes in contact with your head, that's going to hurt. So it's not meant okay. for that. Right. You know, um, the new safety helmets, there's two ratings on them. Typically you got your European standard E12492, I think it is. And then you got your ANSI type two. And both of those have some kind of padding to protect you from not only stuff falling and hitting your head, but from lateral impact. Mm -hmm. And the ground can be part of that impact. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it evolve from just padding into new technologies now that also can reduce the rotational impact forces on your brain. So if you hit the ground, if you fall and your head hits the ground at an angle, you not only have the impact, but you also have the immediate stoppage of your head, mm -hmm. but your brain is in fluid mm -hmm. and that wants to keep going and rotate. And so a couple new technologies that manufacturers have put into head protection is one, the one we use is MIPS. You might hear that term and it stands for multi-directional impact protection system. So it's an inner shell underneath the shell of the hard hat that kind of moves independently of that hard hat. So if you hit the ground at an angle, that inner shell rotates a little bit and can further reduce the rotational forces on your brain when you're hitting the wow. ground. Yeah. Wow. Can you get me one of these? Sure. Honestly. I would love to. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just envisioning my bicycle helmet. It, that is a that's worthless where piece this of technology shit. Right? I mean, this thing from. that I've been wearing, this little thing that you put on that Mm -hmm. You kind of like might strap under your chin a little bit, but I, I just can't imagine that being very useful. And I come off my bike all the time. But you do notice on those bike helmets, those are foam all the way all around. The way around. The they, are, they are not like a hard hat. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's not primitive. Now, when you get into the, that's, I think that's where MIPS was originally designed okay. for is skateboarding helmets and ski helmets, you know, your oh, high, ski your higher yeah, end stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so those people have a lot of money. Those skiers, they throw a lot of money at those helmets. I love all that. their gear, <laughs> right. right? So, what was the other story? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but. that's fine. Um, about a month ago, a guy was wearing our our newest safety helmet. It's called the Traverse. We can't keep them in stock. They're very popular, as well as well as you know a lot of our competition. They're selling the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. They're just everyone's buying them right now mm -hmm. anyway he was wearing this on the job roadside got hit by a car flipped him up spun him around i apparently he got up and walked away oh my gosh and i don't understand how that happened but, but that helmet obviously they said protected him. they said that they believe the helmet saved his life because no, he had it on with the chin strap properly 
mm-hmm. tied into his head to keep it on. Cause you can imagine hit, getting hit by a car and getting flipped up and around. I can. If that's not secured to your head, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. And then when you hit the ground, it's going to happen. Your head's going to whip lash and hit that ground. And wow. So that was a pretty powerful testimony to hear. That's you huge. Know, uh, a piece of safety equipment that you're selling potentially save someone's life. And that's kind of probably a great feeling, actually, man. Yeah, I would be really happy with it, that. It kind of wakes you up because sometimes it gets into the routine process of sales, 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 you know, or like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's all about growing sales and getting more sales. Well, in the safety world, there's a little bit more to it because mm-hmm. you can actually protect someone from getting injured or killed. Absolutely. You know, I think, wow, I think I have, I have always questioned whether or not I would be able to sell things. But I think if you knew that, that your products are saving lives, certainly capable of saving lives, I think you would look at yourself in the mirror at night and think, I'm doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, man. Yeah. Good for you. And another, I'll just mention another quick um, industry trend that we've seen is within hand protection. That's our biggest product category, mm-hmm. right? So within the past several years, we have seen the demand for cut level go up, 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 mm-hmm. up. You know, at, at first everyone's using a general purpose glove. And then, oh, you've got uh, you've got your, let's just call it A2, ANSI A2 mm-hmm. cut, mm-hmm. cut level. And then we kind of saw it progress to three. And then we were talking about data centers before. They mandated a four. So if you're going to be on site, you're going to be wearing an A4 cut glove. Everybody. Everybody. You know, and probably a safety helmet too. Mm-hmm. And now we see employers. Well, what about a cut five? Do you got a cut five? I'm thinking about putting my people in a cut five. And from a logical standpoint, I'm asking myself, why are are they just doing this? Because that's people's nature. Trendy, or you know, got to be a little bit better. Let's mm-hmm. get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Do you need to get better? Are you cutting through that A two? A3, A4, mm-hmm. do you need that A5? Because every level of cut, you go up, your price goes up, right. and your dexterity potentially goes down. a little bit down. of dexterity, perhaps, maybe. But that's the other cool thing with hand protection. Everything used to be a standard 13-gauge knit glove. Mm-hmm. You know, Then we saw the 15s come in. Then you're trying to get ahead of your competition, so people are coming out with 18s. And what does that refer to? That is the gauge thickness of the knit okay. uh, material that gotcha. you make the shell out of. Okay. And every, the higher number is the thinner, fine thread. Okay. okay? So it takes a little bit more effort and uh, mm-hmm. expense right. to produce that higher thread. So 13 is fine. 15 is better. 18 is more dexterity, even thinner. We're tapping into 21 gauge territory now. But is the cut resistance increasing with this? Or remaining the same, at least? You can get it up there. We've got a 21-gauge A5. Wow. With touchscreen compatibility. Oh, my gosh. So now you can run your equipment. You don't even have to take your gloves off. And you can pick up that tiny screw, and you've got an A5 cut protection 21-gauge glove on. They're not inexpensive, but they're not terrible. Right. But that's the technology. We're talking about, you know, the advancement in technology of head protection. You've got your advancement in technology of mm-hmm. hand protection. Uh, it's important for people to realize that there are options out there. Mm-hmm. If employees don't like wearing something, you're going to have a difficulty with compliance. Without question, man. 
huge problem. And they're not going to they're not going to treat the, the PPE well. They throw it around. They don't take care of it. Yep. If it's good and it works, I think there's, a, you know, certainly there's better compliance on the part of the user. But they're going to take care of it. They're going to almost hoard it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to. Yep, I've seen instances where, and it's tough to do with your workforce, but an employer has said, "Look, we're going to give you guys these best gloves, the best gloves that you love to wear." They're, they're not cheap, but the breathability, the dexterity, the comfort, and the protection, they're going to wear them more often. And they, they have come to appreciate that, and they realize if they abuse that, they're going to go away, and then they're going to get put get in something. Ones. Yep, that yeah. makes their hands sweat, right. and maybe they don't have the best dexterity. Mm-hmm. So they realize, guess what? They keep those gloves. Some employees actually take them home and wash them. I'll bet. Because they don't want to lose that glove. Right. So the usage is down. Yes, they're paying more, but there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. It's, That's really it's a interesting. fascinating game. You could give them that high-end version mm-hmm. and explain to them uh, you know, the cost and then say, if you lose these or mistreat them, we will replace them with that compliant pair that everybody hates. Great idea. You know, but if you take good care of these and you simply wear them out, then we'll replace them in kind. Yeah. If you get if you forget your hard hat on the job site, we're going to give you this pink loaner <laughs> crap for you to wear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah. this is really interesting to me, man, because I deal with this every day. This data center thing, the data centers are so powerful. The contractors want so desperately to have those data center contracts. Every contractor I know that is working data centers just bought a giant lake house and a and a wave boat because they're making so much money really? that they will do whatever they're directed to do. And the data centers are driving a lot of this uh, evolution, I think. Is that a tr- you see that a lot on the yep. data centers? Yeah. The mandates, I can't tell you how much their mandate of an A4 cut glove and a safety helmet spiked our sales. Without question. Huge. I'm sure. I mean, every sales guy loves that huge order. Of course. We're getting huge orders that we can't fulfill. Yeah. And Supply chain, baby. (laughs) That's the other part of it. Yeah. Where is it coming from? How long is it going to take to get here? Right. You know, so. Interesting. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, So you're sitting there. And we're at all the data centers that he's talking are you about. Yeah. so you're doing these things mm-hmm. what yep. what's your opinion of these new technologies i i like them but we we have service teams that go to mm-hmm. everywhere else mm-hmm. and then okay that are not it? on the data centers that, that right. aren't on the data centers and then they oh hey we're, i need to go to the data center to fix something now i do I have that stuff in stock and uh, in, mm-hmm. in my, so I can give it to him so he can go there. So oh, yeah. we're, we're having that, those issues. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I bet. Do the guys like the higher quality equipment? Are There is a learning curve. There is a time, a period of adjustment for any change. There is what the, what I guess difficulty is then that, data center job goes away and now they're moving to a different one that isn't at that level. Do they, they typically go back to do the they norm, re- regress well, a little bit regress just because they're going to be in the norm with everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's not huh. in a type two hard hat. And so, okay. So, the, so um, it's more of the image or the, 
they don't want to be the outs the outlier necessarily, but they're wearing better stuff, man. They are. They're safer. Yep. Ultimately. But we're well, we're a union. Mm. Oh shop. yeah. Yeah. So peer pressure is is real. Strong. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, um, but that's interesting. But they do. I do believe that they do enjoy going to those jobs. Mm-hmm. Those data center jobs, knowing that. Okay. So who pays for that PPE? Do you guys pay for it, or do you get it, reimbursed by the data uh, center? Depends. You know, most of the time, if it's in the contract, this is we well, have you, to. We you have, have to, to provide. You have to do it. Correct. Okay. And, but then, if there's a, but you build it into, we're you build in it into a bid, probably then knowing correct. that. N- knowing that, but a lot of these times it's, oh, hey, we're moving to this. Well, that that wasn't in our bid, so we go back to them and say, okay, you're interesting. Here's, here's the but what about going to the unions and showing them the quality differences in these products? I, I would think the union would, would be on board as long as their members aren't paying for this stuff. Yep. Right. I mean, why wouldn't they want their members to be better protected necessarily? So I would think they would support those changes oh. if in fact the employer is covering the cost or it's being sure. reimbursed somehow. But there's, I don't know how many, contractors are fed from the unions that mm-hmm. they're not MMC of mm-hmm. whatever it takes to buy PPE. Mm-hmm. We'll right. buy it. Yeah. And, right. Right. Yeah. And so there's the smaller some, guys, the that, smaller guys that get the same I get that. union level mm-hmm. of guys, but uh, they may not be able to cover those costs. Correct. Yep. It's interesting because I am all in favor of this. In fact, I'm just thinking about, which of my clients I can put you in front of to, to demonstrate some of these things, or even, you know, to demonstrate them for us so that when we're doing PPE training, we can talk about some of these new sure. advances. I think that would be useful because like everyone else, I, I tend to lag behind a little bit on new products unless I have a, a colleague or a friend who's introducing me to them. And then true. Unless you've seen it and, and yeah, you don't even warn it yourself. Right. You may not even realize, holy smokes, this glove is amazing. Amazing. You know, it feels amazing. It fits me perfectly. It breathes. My hands don't sweat and stink. I forget I have it on. Mm-hmm. If you haven't experienced that, they're out there. Yeah. But this is always the objection because people are thinking about that glove they wore 10 years ago yeah. where they couldn't even bend their fingers. You yep. know, they had that high level of cut resistance, but now I can't grip. Yeah. You just reminded me of another perfect example of technological advances. We sell a lot of impact gloves, right? On the, on the impact glove, what they have to do is put TPR plastic on the back of the hand to protect mm-hmm. you from the mechanics type gloves. Buster. See a lot of those. Exactly. We ran into a company where the workers, the flexibility of the gloves wasn't that great, but they were required to wear these impact gloves and they would actually, their knuckles would become irritated when they were bending their hands. So they would cut off the impact TPR <laughs> on the knuckle right. so that they could bend better. Well, right. that completely defeats the purpose of the yes. glove protection, yes. right? We have a brand new glove that we just came out with that utilizes a third party's, it's called 3DO. It's a, it's a impact plastic, I guess you will. But we are having it 3D printed to the back of a glove in these this fan-shaped space age technology, you know, work looking. Mm-hmm. You can bend 
your fingers with this impact glove and almost not even feel anything on there just by the way it's designed. So we showed this company and they immediately bought them just like that. Didn't wow. know that technology was out there. We're the first ones to market with it. I'm sure many will follow. Mm-hmm. But right now we're the only ones out there that have a 3D printed impact glove where wow. the, the the resistance on the back of the hand is nothing. Interesting. And we put it in an A4 and an A6 cut resistant shell option. So well, I've got I got people that you have to talk to. Man. Okay. I know you said you're incredibly busy and great, but I, I just met with a client last week that was talking about challenges with that very thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, and dexterity is such a big deal for dexterity is fantastic. The dexterity one. is such a, a challenge for the older gloves mm-hmm. that most people have or remember. And so their their employees were, you know, cutting the fingers, the tips out of the fingers. So that they still had some cut resistance on the palms and hands. And sometimes that's not terrible. It may not be terribly inappropriate. Yeah, Yeah. based on the hazards. Yeah, based on the hazards. Sure. If if you're never damaging the tip of your finger, if it's all palm and typically it's palm, Mm -hmm. they do make fingerless gloves. Absolutely. So, I mean, even in the packing world, I mean, they wear multiple gloves, meat packing guys with chain and all the different... but I don't know that that's necessarily a fingertip issue. It's oftentimes palms, sure. and tops of hands, backs of hands and yeah. things. So maybe it's, I mean, it's all the hazard assessment right. at some point. You know, what mm-hmm. do we really need? But this is really exciting, man. I bet you are incredibly busy. Yeah, it's it's not so. And what else is changing? <laughs> what, what, are there, what else would we see a change in PPE-wise? Gloves, of course. I think, as you said, gloves are probably... What about eye protection and things like that? Okay, there's a good one. Uh, You just made me think of two more. Good, man. Eye protection. Uh, Everyone's come out with a high-performance anti-fog now. Really? Yeah. Because I get that. That's a bitch constantly. If you ever have anyone complain about fogging, they don't need to complain about it anymore. Because you can be in a freezer and walk out onto a humid dock. We got a high-performance anti-fog that it ain't going to fog. Really? Yeah. And they're not even that expensive. They might be 20 to 30% more than regular glasses. So if you're paying four bucks, you might pay $5.20. Oh, they would do it gladly. Yeah. Yeah. Every Uh, cleaning company that I ever worked with in the packing houses, that's all they complained about fogging. We don't wear our glasses because they fog. Yeah. There's a $10 million contract right there. Can you cut me in on a little if I, Uh, well, (laughs) right when this technology, can you deputize me maybe or something? Sure, I'll give you samples and you can hand them out and be the rock star. I would love to, man. This yeah. is really huge. I was, uh, when this technology first came out, I was at Wells Blue Bunny up in Lamar's, Iowa, and they have had at that time the largest freezer in North America. And they had a problem with obviously their forklift drivers are in the freezer. They drive out to the dock, their glasses freeze up. They take their glasses off and just through the motion of the warehouse and the fork, they were getting particles in their mm-hmm. eyes. And then they got to go to the eye wash and rinse them out. And it's a pain in the butt and it's a productivity loss and all that kind of stuff. When this company first came out with these glasses, I gave them prototypes to try before they were even on the street for sale. And they're like, we want 500 of them right now. Oh my God. They work, you know, there's a testimony, man. They, they work and uh, they're not even that expensive. Incredible. That is probably the biggest complaint about safety glasses that I, and this has been out. This technology has been out. Oh 
Oh man. Oh, that was 10, 12 years ago. Really? Yeah. So it's just educating. It just takes a while for it to filter into the, the availability common work. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And just be willing to pay that extra dollar. And yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah. That's not totally insignificant. Right. No, but, yeah. but, but they, they, they were $4 pair, but they yeah. invest in mm-hmm. your people. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the prices Probably. come down, you know, we just put that high performance anti-fog on a low end economy piece of eyewear. Mm-hmm. Because there is a call for places with mass employees. Mm-hmm. Think of any food plant. Absolutely. Yeah. They're not going to want to drop a lot of money on a, a higher end glass and mm-hmm. pay five, six, seven, eight bucks. We've got one that they could probably get for under three. Okay. That's got the eye. And they probably want the anti fog function, don't necessarily need a high impact resistance, perhaps. I mean, yeah, probably not. Just mm-hmm. some kind of a basic cover. Mm-hmm. I go to a lot of places where they just require. Eyewear, they don't even require um, impact-resistant, ANSI-rated really? safety glasses. They just want for because it's more or... of a dust issue for okay. them. It's not really an impact issue as much as a dust issue, but the fogging becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. This is really big, man. This is going to change everything I do. I, I'm well, not, good. I should have been. I should be taking notes. See, I'm yeah. not sure I was prepared I for guess this. Yes, product sales <laughs> have a part. Absolutely, in this world. It's a huge part. It is really a huge part, and that's exactly why i enjoy having you know people come and share these things because otherwise how do you how do you get this information unless you happen to be you know a big operation like kelvin or you're part of a data center project or something if you're just Mm -hmm. just a guy out there working you don't know this stuff true well it's fantastic there you go yeah absolutely yeah absolutely are you're not a member of assp yet are you Mm -hmm. But you probably should be because I have to get PIP to pony up. If you gave this presentation at the ASSP, well, he had me in for a head protection. Did he thing the other day? Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Uh, Did you give a presentation ASSP for that? mm -hmm. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, the whole well, exactly what we talked about, Mm -hmm. kind of the trend and features. I love it. Yeah. Well, what else, man? Anything else you can think of off the top of your head, or there's one last thing. Yes. You and I were just talking in the break room about electrolyte drinks. Yes. Um, your typical electrolyte drink of the safety world is mm-hmm. what? Squinchers. Squinchers. Squincher. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There have been other ones introduced into this market. I've seen Gatorade. I've seen All Sport. Um, and then there's a couple of low element and some of those other. I haven't seen that in the safety that... industry, okay. but I've seen it on yeah, on my on Facebook shelves, ads. Yeah. Sure. Because you know, it's yeah. something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I am too. Well, enter PIP into the electrolyte beverage world. We bought a company in Australia called Thorst, T-H-O-R-Z-T. And we're about to roll it out. And I've done my research on these Mm -hmm. electrolyte beverages, right? Yeah, we were talking about that. There's a few things that everybody's looking for in them now. They're looking for a decent amount of sodium, potassium, Mm -hmm. but... One of the more popular things that everyone's starting to look for is the magnesium. Absolutely. And then your amino acids. Mm-hmm. And Thorst has all that in it. Um, I don't know. Another one I've been hearing about lately is phosphorus. Mm. Um, I don't know if we have phosphorus mm-hmm. in it, but we do have the magnesium and essential amino acids and a proper amount of sodium. It's sweetened with stevia. It was developed by... Sweetened with stevia. Yeah. Now you're speaking my language, man, because, you know, artificial sweeteners are... Bingo. Satan. 
-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. So, so I'm a Stevia guy. Good for you. Yeah. This is fantastic. Developed by Olympic athletes. Uh, I think the guy who helped develop it was on the rowing team. I hope mm -hmm. I didn't butcher that because he just mm -hmm. gave us a training at, mm -hmm. about it. But we are so excited for this to roll out. This is really big. Yeah. And it comes in packets yep. that you just add to your beverage. We're or water. starting with the little. Or is it already pre-made? Yeah, little individual packets for the 20-ounce bottle. Okay. Or 16.9. Okay. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. But, yep, individual packets, and uh, we're just waiting for it to roll out. Nice. I know we're a little late. We wanted to get it going this summer. Yeah. But we'll give everyone a little teaser, and then next right. summer we can rock and roll. But Absolutely. I'm excited. That is huge. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, and we were talking about it earlier. Just um, our morning routines involve rehydrating and adding yeah. electrolytes. You've lost a lot of electrolytes over the And heat stress night. is huge. With osha right now oh dude when i was up in minnesota training this week i got four text messages osha's on site osha's on site osha's on site uh here in nebraska and iowa and they were making heat inspections really they were out stalking construction companies and other you know companies that they know where there are heat exposures uh, the grain industry co-ops and they were out there banging and, I just heard uh, of a green industry death yesterday. Here in Nebraska. Engulfment. Oh, really? In uh, Nebraska? Gosh, I hope not. Nebraska. Man. It was it had to be local because it was yeah. on KFAB. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I know. That stuff still just makes me sick. Terrible. I have not heard. No one has texted me. If I get a text that says, please call me ASAP, oh. I know some shit, some bad, some is that, you know. Yeah. And I get a lot of those, unfortunately. But I think this is really big. You guys are... Yeah. Doing some great things. We're rolling out our electrolyte beverage along with our heat stress offering. So we've got the cooling towels. We've got mm -hmm. the cooling vests. We've mm -hmm. got the sunshades and all the stuff that goes along with mm -hmm. that. The cooling sleeves now, have you seen those? I have not. It's a it's a very thin wicking, almost nylon material. Mm -hmm. But you put it on your, your arm so you can wear a short sleeve t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You put the sleeve on. It wicks the sweat away from your arm. And evaporates it more quickly into the air so it's a cooling sleeve you mm -hmm. and it gives you uv protection wow. so anybody working outside now they yeah. can put on these sleeves and it's going to keep you believe it or not cooler Absolutely. and protect you from the sun well it's not, it's look man i don't mean to sound like I mean, this is going to sound probably horrible but it's it's you know if you look at the landscaping industry the lawn oh. care industry it tends to be populated by uh dudes that come from hotter weather mm -hmm. And they are always covered. I can't believe it. Always. All roofers that wear long sleeve t-shirts mm -hmm. or even work shirts. Mm -hmm. I, I should just know. go by one of their sites and throw a bunch of these sleeves out yes. to them. Try these. Try these out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because yeah, the, being exposed to the direct sunlight, oh, uh, being like you said, it doesn't wick as well. You just you basically just based in your own juices, yep, you know. Exactly. I mean, I this, this is remarkable to me. You guys are really kicking ass. Well, the you know the PPE industry has evolved with better technology, mm -hmm. and it's just getting better. I guess this is the point, and that's why you're here. And thank you for coming, and My thank pleasure. you for inviting Andy because. 
this is information that I think most people aren't aware of. They don't have, they don't go out and check every year to see what's new in the PPE world. Right. We just use the same shit that we've been using for 20 years and try to pay less and less for it. Every yeah, year. Everybody hates it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets trashed and mistreated and abused. And then your compliance is down. Yeah. It's just a vicious circle. Unfortunately, yeah. invest a little bit more in your PPE, make the workers understand that you're giving them the good stuff. Right. And maybe just maybe, I think you would see certainly better compliance, but I would also think that in the vast majority of employees, there would be better care for the equipment. Especially if they realized, hey, this is more comfortable. Right. I like it better. Right. You know, um, as my buddy Chris Bryant says, this isn't personal protective equipment. This is life-saving equipment. So treat it with a little bit of respect and it'll it'll take much better care of you. Certainly can be. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So how do people get a hold of you or find PIP website contact? What would you like them to know? The easiest way to do it is to probably go to PIPUSA.com. Okay. Okay. They can find a representative there. They can make contact. There is a button on the bottom right-hand side of the opening webpage and it mm-hmm. says rep finder. Okay. Type in your zip code. Boom. There's your contact info. Okay. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the website is actually really good, man. I spent some time on it. Really interesting. A lot of information. I, it is the best in the industry. And believe me, I go to all my competitors. Of course. Websites to try to cross product. Yeah. Ours blows it away. Yeah. It was really nice. If you're trying to find safety equipment and you need a ANSI class two, two pocket vest, you can go on our website to products Click protective clothing, click high-vis vests, and we have smart filters on the side of every page that you're looking for product features. You can click class two. It'll show you all of our class two vests. You can click number of pockets, choose two. It'll show you how many two-pocket class two vests we have. Which one do you want? Do you want single silver striping or do you want the contrasting orange and silver striping? Do you want X-back? That's fantastic. And you can be your own product expert like that. Wow. I did not make it that deep into the site, but I'm going to go back and play with it a little it's bit. It's pretty cool. If you're ever looking for anything specific, I mean, I had a guy call up and say, I need a, a cup five glove, but it's got to have touchscreen capabilities. So I went to hand protection, cut resistant gloves, clicked A5 cut, and under product <laughs> features, click touchscreen. We have four. (laughs) What kind of palm coat do you want on that? Do you need impact protection on the back of the hand? He's like, wow. No doubt. And it's, it's that easy. It's fantastic. So guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much. I, I feel, um, educated more better educated. What am I trying to say? (laughs) That's kind of an an oxymoron. I feel I are better educated, but this is really interesting stuff to me. And the demand is obviously there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just people sometimes just settle on something and they, and they don't look any further and they really need to because it just evolves constantly. Yeah. There's always new things coming out. Very good. Kelvin, always good to see you. Good seeing you. Andy, it's good to see you again. We, we cross paths periodically. A lot of shows, safety we do. shows. We used to cross paths all the time and yeah. now we're both, you know, kind of busy and doing our thing. Territories but, expanded. Yeah. You're probably traveling more. Exactly. Not quite as fun as it used to be. No. <laughs> when you were young and single and that might have been eating part raw of it too. oysters on the coast. I, I'm the same yeah. way, man. I don't 
I don't love to travel quite as much, but, yeah. but you know, if there's a need, you know, then we're going to do it. Yeah. Right? It is what it is. I don't so. love to travel, but no, it's like do I to travel more, but we're doing something useful. I mean, you know, Agreed. Yep. It's, it's important work and, uh, I'm glad that we're out there doing it. And it can be fun. It can be fun. <laughs> yeah. It, the people, the relationships make it fun. So, well, thank you very much. This my is pleasure. really fascinating. Thanks stuff. for the invite. My, was- you know, it's been my pleasure. Thanks to you, Kelvin, and all of ASSP, Great Plains chapter. Thank we you. appreciate sponsorship. Always, you know, Cam appreciates the sponsorship because it helps pay his salary. <laughs> so we appreciate it. Guys, um, this has been really interesting information. I hope you go check out the PIPUSA.com website. Try something new. Introduce something new to your employees. Uh, Just fantastic information. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next Friday. Talk to you later. A Huda Media Production.